the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader. 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. So much to talk about, right? One of the things I do as a money guy is I try to dedicate to get you to retirement. I know it's a, it's a big, noble concept, right? Um... How do you start is typically the biggest question that I see again and again and again and again and again. You start from the very beginning. No, no, no. The best way to be to grasp this is to start with the concept of you're not going to save enough money for retirement. It's just not going to happen. Social Security is not going to be enough, and you're going to live in a trailer park. Whether you're a board op, whether you're a politician, whether you're a firefighter, a housewife, house husband, I see it all. You're not going to save enough. So my goal is to get you to start saving some to replace what you're not going to have. And if we get you to save enough, that's great. So that's kind of where I start with, okay? In my 20s is when I made probably the biggest mistakes in my life, financially speaking. I dated really, really well. I was a young man with a young man's body. I was a young man with a disposable income. I was a young man who was fascinated by women. Those three combinations basically meant I did whatever I could to meet women. I did whatever I could to impress women. I spent a lot of money. I went to Paris twice. Went to Europe a couple times. Went to Asia. Went to Australia. Traveled the world. Typically with a partner. Sometimes it was on all on my dime. Sometimes it was on both of our dimes. A horrible thing to do, financially speaking. Now, I know that it's not a cool thing to say out loud. I know that. I get that. Totally grasp it. Um, I think my concept here, or my angle here, is something along the lines of uh, um, if I can give myself advice today, knowing what I know to my 20-year-old self, things that I would do differently. It's interesting to note that a lot of that advice is still advice that I would give myself today at my own age. Like, 
I'm stunned. I'm flabbergasted by how many people don't grasp and don't get and don't care that I don't give a crap about cars. Like, not one teeny, teensy, teensy, teensy bit. I kind of enjoy it when I hear people look at my car and go, hmm, I thought you would have driven something a little more elaborate. Okay, we don't need a car sound effect because I'm talking about my car. If I was talking about a stock running into a wall, that's fine. If I'm talking about something horrible, that's great. But I don't get into car crashes on a regular basis. Hopefully. So, Mr. Producer Man, number seven, number eight. I'm looking for number nine already. Um, which brings me back to when I started here at Salem Radio. They're like, oh, we're a big family. We never fire anyone. And everyone will stay together, and you'll have consistency of a producer. I'm averaging three producers a year, just so you know. Well, this, Longevity is not a big thing here, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, wait, you ate something out of the fridge? Uh, you're fired. What, what, what? I ate something's, I ate someone's leftover Chinese from three weeks ago. I'm fired? Yeah. New door code. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. So the whole genesis of the show is trying to get you to retirement. It's trying to get you to... Do a couple more things right, a couple things less wrong. You need to save X amount of dollars every single paycheck. X amount of dollars equals 10 to 15 to 20% of every paycheck you save for retirement. You don't think twice about it. You do it. Um, that's not a concept because in your 20s, you're like, wow, I'm, I'm away from mom and dad and I have my own apartment, my own room, my own place. And you get through that whole scenario of having roommates and it sucks. And you get through that whole, because like there's always a roommate who's just a problem, right? So my 20s is the advice that I give myself who's back in time. And, and it basically says something similar to like, like don't throw money. Don't. What you can get with a bottle of two buck chuck Trader Joe's, two-buck chuck, famous worldwide for wine that's $2 per bottle. The amount of pleasure that you can get from a woman's company or a other person's sex company uh, is enormous. You know, and I've translated that into my Christmas gifts. I'm a little bit on the cheap side. I'm a little bit on the frugal side. I would much rather have a scotch with you than you buy me a tie. Or you buy me, like, I don't want the books that you read. Do you have any books people give me that just go straight to uh, Goodwill? Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. You know how much fear I have? Like, I can't sleep at night because of Will Ferrell and, and Anchorman. I have a fear that the second movie is going to be so bad, that it's going to be so atrocious, that I'm embarrassed to be tied towards it. Like, I'm starting to think about pulling clips of, of Anchorman. Now, again... If you've ever worked in television or radio, of which I'm slightly embarrassed that I work in radio, but I'm really, really proud that I work in television. If you ever work in television, the Anchorman's, there's so many realities um, or similarities that you see from that movie into the workplace. Now, a new movie's going to stink. You just have a feeling it's going to stink. 
And all i got to say is Austin Powers 2, Austin Powers 3, and there may have even been an Austin Powers 4 that I don't know about that's lurking out there straight to DVD. Uh, like, there's American Pie. I don't know if you know this, but this is surreal. There's American Pie straight to DVDs that have nothing to do with the main characters. It's just that old creepy dad who was a great comedian of his time. Um, and now they have him being, like, Stifler's brother. Like, what? That's an odd pull. Anyhow and anyway, none of this makes any sense, and none of it makes any importance to you in any way, shape, or form. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. To get your calls in the air, um, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Um, the more people that follow me, the more people that, that are engaged, well, let's just say I make I make bankrolls and bankrolls of quarters. So the more YouTube people that I can get, I can actually carry one of those $10 quarter rolls uh, to the bank, if you know what I'm saying. I know as a kid, I loved those things, didn't you? Do you remember, like, the, 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 the pricelessness of, of being able to save quarters and coins? My parents got me a bank. It was a red bank when I was a child. And when I say a red bank, it was uh, kind of like a cash register. And you had to put $10 in to open it. So it, it was self-locking. And this was a gift from Santa, believe it or not. <laughs> but it taught me the value of, of money. It taught me you need money to unlock it, but you also need to understand $10 is 40 quarters. And now I'm 38 quarters away. I'm 37 away. This is Rob Black and Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. AM 12 Bloomberg Market Minute. Black in your money on AM1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money and some more. Goal of the show again to get you to retirement. I can sit here and lie and tell you that I'm 100 times smarter than you. I'm not. I just work harder than you in my little field of money. Joining me right now, Will Durst. Will Durst, San Franciscan comedian. Stand up comedian, is that fair to say? Uh, comedian, uh, columnist, uh, columnist, yeah, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever I gotta do. Let's let's talk a little bit about this. Um, I've known of you, and this is embarrassing to say, for you and for me, since I was like twelve. <laughs> like we're talking thirty plus years. I've been in the Bay Area since 1980. I first became aware of you, and I think it was through Showtime, and it was when cable television was first, first, first launching. They did, in the 1980s, this kind of, like, um, game things. You know, um, who's the best comedian? Laugh-a-thons and things like that. And you were one of the panelists, or you were one of the contestants. And I, my memory is not quite perfect, but I remember I saw the name. And then 20 years later, I actually meet you. Yeah, the uh, San Francisco International Open Stand-Up Comedy Competition, which okay. is still going on. But when I first got here, it was uh, it was incredibly important in... Uh, kind of curing 
where you were in the hierarchy of Bay Area comedy. So I moved out here from Milwaukee. I had barely uh, done stand-up, uh, but uh, done it in Milwaukee. Had to leave uh, just because all the gigs were dying off. And I moved to San Francisco because comedy was a big thing here. I read about it in the Playboy magazine. Huh. Uh, Playboy had a big article about Robin Williams and the Holy City Zoo. And I had always had a long-distance love affair with San Francisco. When was this exactly? 80. November 79, actually. Okay, so Robin Williams was big into comedy in the Bay Area long before Mork and Mindy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, so. oh, Spaghetti Jam, and uh, he was doing stand-up. Uh, he was actually in the first comedy competition. Robin Williams came in second. And it was it was it was kind of an ironic thing because he was improvising his set every night for right. five nights. It was five. It was six nights long, so for five nights. And there was this guy named Bill Farley. And on the last night of the comedy competition, it's it's like you know, ten guys and it's come down to three, and uh, the lights go out at the punchline in San Francisco, which was the dressing room for the old Waldorf, and they had fixed it up. And uh, so the lights go out during the comedy competition, and Bill Farley is on stage, and he waits a couple of seconds, and he says, now when he walks in, everybody yells, surprise. Huge laugh from the audience, right? Damn. You know, breaking the, the kind of weirdness of all the lights going out. Lights come back on. And he goes on, and for that one line that he improvised, he won. Whereas Robin was improvising his entire set yeah. every night for six nights. And Robin, boom, picked up and moved down to L.A. after that. Interesting. Yeah. And he's still, uh, he's come back to San Francisco, I think. Probably has property in both, but uh, he's known as the San Franciscan, I think. And that's kind of a nice, you know. Yeah, he's got his uh, huge estate up in Napa, which he's uh, selling now. And, really? And his wife. Have you ever been to his Napa state? Uh, went there for, I think, his birthday. His okay. 59th birthday. Something. 59th. Yeah. It's, we are getting old. Yeah. And I mean that with love and respect. Um, talking with Wilders. <laughs> what are you, 29, 30 now? No, no. I'm I'm um, over 40. Yeah. So. Uh. But I do have a, a fragrance line forever teen. So if it, it's it's unisex if you want it. Got a copy of it. And what's the title of the, the perfume? Yeah, Forever Forever Teen. Forever Teen. Yeah. So oh, I thought that was a magazine. No, no, no. It's a, it's a fragrance. It's my uh, fragrance. It's my Forever Teen. Every celebrity should have a fragrance, right? Taylor Swift has one. Is it red? It is red. Yeah. So now, how did you know that? You're too yeah. old. You don't have kids. That was her last album. I have a big cleaned big, up. I have a big crush on her because she's kind of how shall we say. She's 21 years old. Yeah. She just turned 21 yeah. this year. Yeah. But she's I, tall. She's willowy. She she could be a model. She's the world's number one singer. I can't imagine why you would have a crush on her. She did the Victoria's Secret lingerie show. She did. And do you know why she did that? Or do you know why Victoria's Secret had her do that? Uh, because she looks like one of their models. Because basically she's got a lot of fans that will buy Victoria's Secret underwear because she did that show. Uh and uh, that's good marketing. Did you see the Carrie Underwood uh, sound of music? Do, 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 do. Of course I saw it. Did you? Me and 18 million other people. I watched it. Did, I watched what, it. what was your thought? Was it a train wreck? Because it was a train wreck, but I was kind of drunk. 
Uh, kind of drunk. Wait, wait. I was way drunk. To be honest with you. <laughs> well, we were we we taped it so we were able to fast forward through the commercials because I hate I hate that being on the West Coast when everything's live. Yeah. And we never get it live. It's always taped. Yeah. You know, tape delay. So we just shot through all the commercials, and I felt so bad for her because yeah. at, at the end. You know, when they're showing the outtakes from the rehearsals and stuff, she had so much spark during the rehearsals. But, I mean, this was a heavy-duty thing. She was in rehearsal for eight months, and I think she was so worried about getting it. And it was tough for her. I mean, her characterization. Huge, huge win for NBC. Yeah? Um, they're, they're rerunning it. Did you see this? They're yes, all, yes. Uh, and they're planning on rerunning it for years to come. Oh, and also next year they're going to come up with a new musical. And then do you know what that's going to be? There's a problem trying to find something as, for one thing, this was a holiday thing. It had never had a remake. It, a lot of people only associate, you know, the, the Julie Andrews thing with right. it. And incredible, incredible, vast, well-known songs. I mean, almost every song... So it'd be hard to think of what they could do to replicate this. I'm pulling for Cats. Because I think possible. that's the worst, the worst Broadway show of all time. It's possible. No, St- Starlight Express. The Starlight. Roller, roller skates. You know, I saw that in London. <laughs> I did too. That's hilarious. It is, um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Starlight Express is about trains. And everyone's on roller skates, and they represent a train, a diesel train, an electric train, a nuclear train. I don't even know. Um, but they build the track above the audience, so at points in time, they're singing above you, and they're rolling by. And you have to be a pretty accomplished actor, actress, to roller skate and Do, sing. And sing, yeah. 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 I'm pulling for Cats, because to me, that's the worst of all. The whole midnight. That's the only song, though. That's the only song that's really. Do you know what that show's about? Like, do you ever study Broadway shows? Because I do, because they're so awful and oh. good. Okay, so it's about all the cats getting together for one night of the year to see who gets the ninth life. And the cat that sings the whole midnight thing is the whore cat. She's literally a prostitute, trampy cat. And no one cares about her. No one will touch her anymore. Okay. Is that Betty Buckley in the... Uh, I, you, is that who played her? Uh, I, don't know. I, I, I always associate with like Bette Midler or somebody like that, uh, and I'm probably wrong. Robert Streisand? No, no. I think it was Betty Buckley. That's a good pull. Yeah. Anyway, this is Heim. This is a girl band from L.A. Heim? Heim. H-Y-M-E? H-I-M-E. H-I-M. H-I-M. From L.A. Anyway, we'll take a break here. We'll be right back with Will Durst. Towards that, just forced to take time off. I get to speak with Will Durst every year. He does what's called the big fat year in kiss off shows. 
Will Durst, Johnny Still, Debbie Durst, Michael Bossier, Arthur Gass, Marie Magaloni, and many, many, many more. And what they do basically is go from town to town in the Bay Area. And the Bay Area is... Think of San Francisco as just San Francisco as a mistake because we go from San Francisco to San Jose to Santa Rosa all the way out to Walnut Creek, and there's many, many little micro cities in between. Um, and there's microclimates, which is really, really, really cool. Um, so if you want cold, you got cold. If you want heat, you got heat. If you want snow, you got snow. It's all within reach, all things considered. So into the year show, you can find out more at willdurst.com. It's D U R S T.com. It's willdurst.com. He's going to literally be December 26th in San Francisco. Next night in Livermore. Next night in Walnut Creek. December 29th, Sunday night, Nevada. December 30th in Berkeley. December 31st out in San Jose. Uh, January 1st out in Mill Valley. When I look at this set of shows, like it freaks me out because I do public speaking. And like I won't go to Berkeley anymore. When you talk money in Berkeley, it, just, it draws the wrong, not, not, for me, the wrong people. Right, right. Um, people who fall asleep. During your speech. <laughs> so you're giving a speech about money, and they literally, no, wait, not that they fall asleep sitting down. They will lay down on the ground and decide it's nap time. Not only that, but then when you're done and you're asking for questions, they, they raise their hand and call you a capitalist pig. Something along those lines. Yeah, pretty yeah, close. Yeah. I like that. Uh, i got to tell you, the two worst tones for me to do stand-up, being huh. a political comic, are Berkeley yeah. and Orange County, because it's it's the home of the true believers. You know the people who drank the Kool Aid, and it, you know it's not funny. There's no joke about this. You can't laugh. You know they get this sense of humor of an end table. That's that's fair. I and I I I, I align with you. And even though we're in very different fields, you make people laugh. I try to get people to retirement. Um, audiences differ like golden clay. So, especially in, in cities, they become um, idealistic. Anyway, we have a phone caller. Let's go to Mike in New Orleans. Mike, how are you? Hey, Rob. I have a question for you. Sure. Um, what do you think about these social lending sites like Prosper.com and LendingClub.com? Do they have a fit into one's portfolio as an investor for fixed income? The bigger question for you is what do you think about them? Because I think you already have an opinion. Um, for fixed income, I, I mean, in the zero interest rate environment, I think when you can make 6% and know that you're going to lose some money but still come out and make about 6% for fixed income, I think it's okay. Okay. We have your opinion. Thanks for the call. Let's ask Will Durst. Any opinion on 6% is great. I want 6%. Okay. What do you thought, but, but what are your thoughts on peer-to-peer lending? Well, I, I, I'm uh, heavily involved in microloans myself. Are you? Yes. Um, What's that I, look like? I hand out a quarter here and a quarter there okay. to San Francisco. To the crazy people? Yeah. To the people that urinate in front of your home? Yes. Yeah. So basically you say, here's a quarter, go urinate on my neighbor's house, not mine. Uh, yeah, go, go past the other side of the hedge. <laughs> you know, I urinate outside because I'm a big believer in, in not... <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing to admit... But why waste the water? Why why use the cost? It's like twenty five cents to flush. Okay, now how do you feel about number two? So just don't don't, <laughs> don't eat any of my lemons, okay? <laughs> I have a lemon tree. I've got a, a, a lime tree, and I've got uh, a couple orange trees. Oh. So natural uh, insecticides you're using? Um, yeah. So in the marked my territory, I feel kind of manly and aggressive. But so Mike from New Orleans was asking about my clients, and here's my opinion on it. And being serious for a second. Well, if you were to come to me and say, I've got this great idea for a comedy show, it's going to be the big end-of-the-year thing, but I need some money to help secure the comedians. Um, 
It's going to be a big charitable event. We're going to go from city to city. It, it's, it's, it's making people laugh. It's into the year. they got time off. I tell you, there's no chance in hell I'm lending you a dime. Like, I love people, but I don't like lending friends and family money. No, that's dangerous. So this micro-lending is basically... Socially responsible. Sometimes it's socially responsible. Sometimes it's not. It could be a total scam. You could say, I'm going to go secure these comics, and, the comic, and you never do it. Like, I think it has no place in anyone's income portfolio. It's not monitored by the SEC. There's no uh, bylaws. There's no regulations. Can you make money? Yes. But I've always... You also lose money, right? Absolutely. You're, you're lending money to a third party, and you're getting a better-than-market rate of return, which obviously brings up risk. Market rate of return, you put money in the bank, and the bank gives you money. That's always worked. It's backed by the government, but it's not a good rate of return. So Mike is trying to get a better-than-rate of return. And that's like you... No, I'm not going to use you as an example. Um, that's, like someone tr- that's like someone saying, I'm going to try to get you know, uh, an eight-minute mile down to a four-minute mile. It's tough to do. You can do it, but it's tough to do. Are there secrets that you, because uh, I'm not even close to retirement, and you're going to get me to retirement, but are there secrets in dealing with a bank you know, where you can get more money interest out of them, like putting your, let's say you got ten grand or something. Yeah. Is is there if you promise them to keep that ten grand? Is there is there ways to to massage a bank's I don't interest so. rates? I, no, I, no? I don't think so. I think you could look to the public markets, the stock market, and say, okay, a real estate investment trust is building that we're now. All right. Um, we pay rent as a radio station to a building company, and there's publicly traded building companies that say, you know, due to congressional laws, we don't pay taxes. We're a trust. And we'll share 90% of our profits with you, the shareholder. So I think REITs, real estate investment trusts, REITs are probably the high end. And then there's, you know, um, municipal bonds where, like, Palo Alto is different than Stockton. Right. Um, you lend money to Palo Alto, they build a library. They're going to pay back because they're Palo Altans. You lend money to Stockton, they're going to build a drug rehab facility. You may or may not get your money back. <laughs> uh, I'm going to run for mayor of Stockton. Right? <laughs> I don't think that's – maybe East Palo Alto, you might have a shot. Oh. Anyway, I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to talk about poor people today. Um, yes, I'm not a big fan of the whole micro-lending. So, so back to you. Um, I've gotten to know you through the years. Uh, the 80s, you oftentimes refer to the 80s as the comedic golden years, as the era of the stand-up comic. Give me a little bit more color on that. Well, you were just mentioning it earlier, you know, the fact that you were watching stuff on Showtime. And, yeah. And back then... Uh, cable kind of created the whole comedy market because it was bubbling under. You know, there were comics, there were clubs opening, the Improv in New York and L.A. and the Comedy Store in L.A. and then other clubs were opening. San Francisco had a couple, Chicago had a couple, Boston had a couple. And then uh, HBO started with their On Location series. I don't know if you remember On Location. First one was with George Carlin. And then everybody realized how cheap it was to shoot comedy because comedy was self-contained. Yep. You didn't have to pay music rights, you know, for a band. You didn't have to pay writers because comics would write their own material. So, sure. so everybody discovered how cheap it was and that there was this little pool of talent. And they all started. And then that's when A&E went crazy. And the A&E was the comedy and Nazi channel for a while. They had Evening at the Improv. And then they had... 
live from uh, um, uh, Caroline's in New York. They did uh, Comedy on the Road. And for a while there, near 89, 90, they were running four to six hours of comedy a day. Really? On A&E, yeah. And that's... and. And you can you can actually see the growth of comedy clubs across America linked directly to the expansion of cable, basic cable, around the country. The last two cities in America to get a stand-up comedy club in their city were Milwaukee and Cincinnati, which were the last two cities to get cable. That's fascinating. It is. But that's, are you making that up? No. Can you prove that? Uh, well, just anecdotal evidence. I was around, and, I, and I'm from Milwaukee, so I knew that was uh, definitely a I hear Milwaukee's an incredibly liberal town. No, they had a socialist mayor for a long okay. time. Uh, they had a couple of socialist mayors uh, in a row, actually, Ziedler and uh, Meyer. And, uh, uh, and then uh, all the, the unions kind of uh, lost a lot of weight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but it's but now Barrett and before him Norquist, uh, both uh, fairly liberal. Uh, Barrett ran against Scott Walker for governor, and lost horribly. And he right. ran again in the uh, recall and lost horribly. So interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, growing up in Milwaukee, were you like were you proud of Laverne and Shirley? Or no. you ashamed? Of oh my God! Happy days. No. Yeah. That worked was, well for you. It was embarrassing. Okay. It was. That was. You know. Yeah. Okay. Were you a Packer? Were you big Packer fan? Okay. Packers used to play in Milwaukee uh, three of their seven games, home games, and they would play at County Stadium, and we had season tickets there. That's fascinating that you know that because that goes back to the fourteen-game schedule. Yes. They're now on a sixteen-game schedule. Yes. So you're throw. So okay. I am a throwback. Um, I grew up overseas, and my brother, um, Turkey, Japan, uh, boom, boom, Greece, boom, boom, yeah, boom. Yeah, a lot of places, a little Germany. A year at a time. Typically. Huh. Um, so my brother, when I was six, he said, you have to pick a team, and I picked the Packers. Oh, no kidding. Um, I, I was Packers, I was Yankees, and like you had to pick every franchise that you right, would right. follow for the rest of your life. All right. So yeah. I go back to the Lynn Dickey days, Don Mikowski days, um, but that's about as far as I go, Lynn Dickey. So that would be 1986-ish, I think. Yeah, so you lost John Anderson, you lost Bart Starr. I, I remember Anderson, I don't yeah. remember Bart Starr. Yeah. So that, that's pretty Anderson went to my high school. We'll talk about your high school when we come back. Ah. <laughs> we'll talk about my high school. I want to hear your basketball team. Is. Don't have one. Uh, I prefer college. I think professional basketball is just... Go ahead and jump on the Warriors band. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Anyhow, um, Will Durst, big fat year in Kiss Off. Something like eight shows. Is that right? Eight shows, uh, eight shows seven nights, six comics, 2,347 laughs. You can find out more at willdurst.com. It's willdurst.com in the Bay Area. Take a online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. American punk band, Green Day. 
from the Bay Area, from Berkeley, I kind of believe. I don't know if that's actually completely true, but that's where they kind of made themselves famous. Billy Joe Armstrong, lead singer of Green Day. He's about three and a half feet tall. He is <laughs> tiny. I saw him once at a... Veronica uh, Lake would tower over him. Who's Veronica Lake? Oh, she was uh, always cast with Alan Ladd because Alan Ladd was so short. Okay. And she was 4'11". Okay. Which, one of the things that they say, lead actresses in Hollywood, um, uh, if you look at any of the like, superhero films, they're typically 4'11". So that the guy who's six foot looks, looks huge. Yeah. Looks like a superhero. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, and I don't know if it's interesting. But, so Billy Joe Armstrong, I see him one day at a, cl- uh, at a restaurant in San Francisco, and he lit- his feet don't touch the ground when he's sitting on a chair. And I'm like, that's so cute. <laughs> like, don't you like sometimes want to go up to a guy and just pet him? <laughs> I get that way with, uh, uh, what's his name, Bob uh, Costas. Oh, yeah, Bob Costas. And I loved it when Bob Costas and and Katie Couric were together, because they look like Smurf people. You know, they don't look like real people. I know, um, you you and I were talking about this the other day at Cron Television. Um, I knew Henry Tenenbaum when he was anchoring with Katie Couric in a local market. Um, His career didn't go terribly well, and hers kind of did. Different arcs. They had different arcs. That's fair to say. I love I love Katie Couric, and now she's good. Where is she going? You know. Um, she's, oh, she's Yahoo. Gonna, Yahoo. Yahoo. Yeah, yeah she's going to go to Yahoo. Um, do you want to know a, a weird story about me and Yahoo? Yeah. I've got a pretty big crush on the CEO of Yahoo, Marissa Mayer, and um, got to go to her Christmas party. And she has an ice skiing rink that she makes for her Christmas party, and it's very kid-friendly. She's ex-Googler. And... Um, what else do I need to tell you about this? At her house? Yeah, at her house. Okay. She had the killers play her wedding. She's married to a philanthropist, adventurer, entrepreneur. Like, he's the deuce, 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 deuce. I just want him dead. Because he's perfect in every way. Oh, and he's, like, got eight-pack abs. Like, he doesn't even have a six-pack abs. Like, I hate him. And then... I love Mr. T. Do you ever eat Mr. T cereal? I didn't even know there was Mr. T cereal. I eat Mr. T cereal. Oh, is that Chappelle? Oh, it's Mr. Chappelle playing Mr. T. It doesn't matter. Um, again, too much in, too much interruption from the producers. Not enough me. Uh, okay, so Marissa Meyer. Here's where the killer was. So she, you finally get to meet her. You finally get to talk to her. You're like, I'm going to win her over. I'm going to win. Here, let me pull her up so you can see what she looks like. Um, the CEO of Yahoo. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's stunning. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Look at that. So I finally get to meet her. And it, it's like, hello, I'm Marissa Meyer. You're like, no, no, no. It's like the end of Lost. Like, did it just end that way, did it? She's got husky voice. Yeah, but Husky Boys can be cool. Oh, I don't think so. Kathleen Turner? Well, Kathleen, okay, smoky. But when you're defining women as smoky, that's not a good thing. Because that means they don't fit into other categories. <laughs> I like defining people well. Really? She's got a Husky voice? Massive. She looks like she's got a Husky voice in that one. 
Which one? This one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, second, bottom right. And she's genius. She's reinventing Yahoo. And like you said, she's bringing in Katie Kirk. She's bringing in his mail, though. um, She's bringing in David Pogue. She can't get me my mail. Yeah, mail failed for the last four days. Yeah, yeah. She's trying to redefine their mail as um, very Google-like. So, I don't know. Google came out with, like, 20 executives that now are running the world. So... Watch out. Just pay, pay attention to that. Um, but you can't one. afford their stock. Look at... Yeah, you can. No, he can't. Of course you can. What? By two? That's all you need. There's two? No, there's no difference in a $1,000 stock and a dollar stock. $1,000 stock is just as likely to get a 2000 as a dollar stock is to get to two. So buy great companies, Will. Really? That's that's the focus? That's just the, buy great companies? Nike's at a five-year high. McDonald's is at a five-year high. What about... Buffett's formula, where you you know you go to the PE and then you how, who's undervalued. Buffett's formula is all about cash flow. Um, insurance companies, you send in your cash to Geico for your car, and then they don't get they don't give you anything. They don't and you have send, to. And then you get into car crash and they give you money. It's all mathematical. He's like Dairy Queen is another company he owns. A little cup of yogurt, a little frosty freeze, whatever those things are that they have. Yeah. yeah. They charge you four bucks. Costs like four cents to make that. Oh yeah. Well, you learn that in fast food because I worked in fast food, okay. and the, the soda and the French fries is where they make all their money, which is why McDonald's can charge you a buck for that burger, a burger for a buck, yeah. a double a double cheeseburger at McDonald's is a buck, and it was a buck thirty years ago, and and they make all their money in the fries and the soda. And why are why is McDonald's screwed going forward? Because people who are 20-something won't drink soda anymore. No. It's like cancer water. Or eat fries. I don't know about eating fries. I do like the fries. This fries, like when you're on vacation, when you're in, like, Portugal, when you haven't seen, like, an American in, like, 10 days, and you oh, come yeah. into a McDonald's, and you're like, oh, there's fries. Because it's the same world around. Anyway, um, with that said, Will Durst. Uh, Big Fat Urang, Kiss Off Comedy Show. This is the 21st iteration. It's the first time we're in San Francisco in like 12 years. That's on the 26th. But otherwise, we'll be coming somewhere near you. And the 31st in San Jose, the San Jose Stage Company, right downtown. we got two shows. One at uh, 7 for those who want an early New Year's, and one at 10. And we'll do the countdown with the champagne toast. Which is kind of nice. You, you told me a secret on why you do these. Where you get five, six comedians together, big fat year in the kiss off, December. You do it right around the holidays. You told me a secret. It's to avoid hecklers. Well, no, that's why we do theaters. Oh, wait, wait, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. that's why we do theaters, not comedy clubs, yeah. Because drunk people and horns. And horns. <laughs> equals trouble for a comedian. Not a match. The board goes back. Thanks very much. You can find Will Durst. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Rob Black. Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. Um, end of the year. It's been a very, very good year on Wall Street. Capitalism is live and well. Uh, up 25-plus percent. Try to get those kind of returns at the bank. You can't try to get those kind of returns in your real estate. You can't. Um, Except in San Francisco. Sometimes in San Francisco, for sure. Well, this year. Um, Wilders. 25%. I'm speaking with Wilders Sorry. from Wilders.com. Didn't mean to jump in. Oh, no, no, no. It's just um, second hour. Sometimes people only listen one hour and got to reintroduce you. Um, stand-up comedian who is kind of a smarter comedian, right? You're not a, a fart comedian. 
I, I, you know, if they want them, I'll, I'll do fart jokes. Do you do you characters? Know? Uh, just barely. I do a line like, I do a joke about um, uh, Snowden running away to China and then Russia to escape government persecution, and then I go, and that's kind of like joining the army because you're tired of people telling you what to do. <laughs> you know, so I try to become a seventeen-year-old boy. Okay, I'm with you. For a second. <laughs> I'm with you for a second there. Yeah, so it's a quick character. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? I've already lost my train of thought. Oh, you were talking. What was I talking about? You were talking about uh, 16,000, Dow hitting 16,000. Oh, good year. It's been a very, very good year, capitalism. Um, there was a question for you. I, you've been a stand-up comedian for 30-plus years? Oh, at least. Yeah. yeah, I just want to be kind. There you go. Um, I don't want to leave <laughs> the theater of the mind, which is radio. Hey, he's he's a catch at fifty. <laughs> yes, I've been doing comedy since I was six. Right. Um, but a different story here is you've been a Bay Area guy, so you've probably done pretty well with real estate. Did you buy real estate? Can we actually bought in '89. Okay. So uh, you're a millionaire. Are you a millionaire we, from your comedy, or are you a millionaire from your real estate? Oh, uh, well, let's see. What do we owe? We owe about 150 That's not bad. And it's probably worth eight fifty, maybe 900 Okay. Yeah. But we, but, but we bought right before the earthquake. Okay. And so when the earthquake happened, you know, people ran away. Oh, my God, I'm going back to Tornado Alley because right. I can't live here. So property value shot down, and we didn't get our equity back for like eight years until like 97. Yeah, when you we, bought the day before the earthquake in 89. It took seven years to get whole yeah. on the appraisal. Yeah, yeah. And then again, that's pretty average, you know. Um, but with that said, you know, the best time to buy real estate? is in a recession. Recession and or after a disaster. Yeah, yeah. So oh, New York after 9-11. Absolutely. You can get some great Long Island uh, property after um, Hurricane Sandy Duncan. <laughs> she, she sponsored that with a bad eye. Yeah, <laughs> don't you love that? We, everyone knows she has a bad eye. <laughs> <laughs> but you also get the hurricane, the eye of the hurricanes. There you yeah, go. It's a double joke. It's, and see, I never figured out the double joke. You're smarter yeah, than me. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a, never show up a host. Um, <laughs> New Orleans after a flood, great real estate value. Oh yeah. Um, I once said on Cron, the TV station I work for. I work in TV. I'm kind of a big deal. Um, I once said on Cron, I said. Do you remember the Oakland Fires? Yeah, yeah. That was right when I got into San Francisco. Was you that 99? Uh, 2000. Um, so I just got into Kron. I just got into the Bay Area. And um, I said, give me $100,000. I'll go buy 10 houses in the Bay Area. And they're like, how? I'm, I'm by the house next to the house that's on fire. And they're like, you're going to get shot. But that's the best time to buy real estate. So if you see a big hurricane destroy Miami, go buy Miami real estate. Anyway. Wait, wait a month. <laughs> Don't wait a month. Wait a month. No. <laughs> People realize how bad things are. Um, so tell us your holiday traditions. I, I don't have any holiday traditions. Don't you, like, spend a day uh, shopping for the kids and the wife? No. Does you let the wife do that? No. I, I, I do nothing on the holidays. I basically hide in the closet. Do you guys have a tree? No. No trees. Do you know Congress is looking to um, do a tree tax, Christmas tree tax? Oh, you're kidding. No, no, this is true. <laughs> I'm, a lone, I'm a lone wolf. I kind of run things by myself, through myself, in and of myself. I do nothing. I know nobody. I have no friends. But Congress is looking to do a, a tree tax this year. Um, not this year, but in the future. They've brought it up before, and Obama actually killed it because it was so unpopular of an idea. 
<laughs> 17 cents per tree. <laughs> and do, wait, wait, do you know what they're going to do with the tax? No. They're going to promote Christmas trees and farms. <laughs> it's like the beef industry. You know, beef does body good. Milk is... Mmm, uh, milk. No, no, beef is... It, oh, you're right. It's it's what's for dinner. It's, right. Yeah, yeah. Beef is what's for dinner. The beef council. Milk yes. is body good or whatever. Yeah. Um, so the beef council pays a tax to the U.S. government. The U.S. government then promotes beef as it's wholesome. Milk pays... Farm, milk farmers pay a government a tax, and then the government pays... To promote the milk council. So the Christmas trees is all about local farms. Like, don't you feel good that you do a Christmas tree really well? Don't you feel good taking the saw and the kids and sawing down the tree? Like, no, we're, we're killing off the oxygen supply. You don't feel good about it. It, it dies. It, it's a pine tree. It's a tree. It's a living organic. Plastic's the way to go, but the government wants... We have a 960-square-foot house. Okay. We buy a and wait, wait, are you bragging? tree. Are you bragging? Yeah, 960 square feet. We have a we get a two foot tree okay. every year. That's it. We put it on the dining room table. That's our tree. Okay. So my my carbon tree footprint is a is a, a lady's size three with a stiletto. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. A little theater than mine. I have to say that was a exactly. yeah, yeah. That was a test. Yeah. Um, so 960 square feet. Like that's. Do you know they're building places in San Francisco? They're selling places now for 250, 260 square feet. Oh, my God. And That's like the Japanese where you sleep yeah. sleep at a ledge. Yeah. It's literally for the millennials. Um, it's affordable. They don't care because they want to go out in San Francisco, rape, drink, pillage. <laughs> well, they're working 12 hours a day, and then they go out to the bar, and then they come home to sleep. What do you think about that whole controversy that's starting to hit, the whole Google bus? Uh, where San Franciscans are angry that people live in the city and then they take a bus down to Cupertino or they take a bus down to Santa Clara. Uh, I, sh- I shake my fist at the Google bus every time it passes. Do you really? I shake my fist. Are you, not, are, are you unhappy? No, I just like shaking my fist. <laughs> I like knowing that those people see me shake my fist. Is it a shake like this? Yes. Or is yes. it a shake like this? No. <laughs> <laughs> the former. <laughs> And I'm trying to get everybody in the city of San Francisco to shit. You know, they had protests the other day. Did you I, see that? And part of it was created, which is funny. Yeah, yeah the guy, the guy <laughs> there was a, a faux Googler who was on the bus, and he ran outside and he yelled at the protesters, if you can't afford to live in this city, then get out. <laughs> and it went worldwide. It yeah. went viral. That Oh, look at how mad, be, mean and bad they are. That it turns out the guy was uh, actually one of the protesters. <laughs> Very clever. You call it clever? That was theater. It was theater. It was street theater. It is street theater. Okay, um, end of the year. we got one minute. Self-promote, self-promote for Uno Momentaro. Uh, Big Fat Year and Kiss Off Comedy Show, December 26th through January 1st, and it's uh, stand-up and skits and sketches and songs all about the previous year. And usually, you know, the year after the you quadrennial. Got, you guys do the big hat thing, do you? What do you mean? The big hat thing, San Francisco. Oh no, no, no! That's Beach Blanket back yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. Don't, don't, don't ever, never, do ever the do the big hat thing. thing. Uh, okay, back to you. <laughs> no, I think that was a that was a nice interjection. There. <laughs> a I little hate. bit of advice. <laughs> you can find out more at willdurst.com. It's willdurst.com. San Francisco, Livermore, Walnut Creek. Novato, Berkeley, San Jose, Mill Valley. Learn more at wilders.com. It's end of the year. We'll take a break. Be right back. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.